0: Welcome to this Touch Podcast activity, which has been recorded for Touch Infectious Diseases. In this podcast, leading experts in infectious diseases and vaccination from Africa and the Middle East address the issue of vaccine equity in COVID 19 vaccination, including the consequences of vaccine inequity and improving communication with the public. This activity is funded by an independent medical education grant from Moderna Inc. This activity is jointly provided by USF Health and Touch IME. In this first chapter, we hear from Dr. Aditya Amani on vaccine equity in COVID-19 vaccination in Africa.
1: Thank you for joining me as we delve deeper into the topic of COVID-19 vaccination and the pressing issue of vaccine inequity in Africa. My name is Aditya Amani. I'm a physician and a vaccinologist. And today, we will explore what progress has been made in addressing vaccine equity issues in Africa, how we can improve communication with the public about COVID-19 vaccine, and the consequences of not achieving vaccines equity. First, let's look at the current situation regarding COVID-19 vaccination rates. COVID-19 vaccination varies widely across Africa, painting a picture of stark disparities. In countries like Madagascar, only 9% of the population has received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, while in South Sudan, it stands at 39%. And in Rwanda, a more promising 79% is achieved. This variation highlights the urgent need to address vaccine equity. Vaccine equity is about ensuring that all people, regardless of their location, have equal access to vaccines that protect against COVID 19. Currently, 73% of the population in high-income countries have been vaccinated, meaning that three in four people are protected. In stark contrast, only 35% of the population in low-income countries has received the vaccine, equating to just one in three people being vaccinated. The cost of vaccinating 40% of the population relative to the current health expenditure reveal a significant burden. High-income countries, on average, need to increase healthcare spending by 0.8% to cover the cost of vaccinating 40% of their population. While this represents a manageable burden, it still emphasizes the importance of allocating resources to ensure equitable vaccine distribution. For instance, the United States requires a mere 0.1 percent increase in healthcare spending and the United Kingdom stands at 0.3 percent. Unfortunately, The story takes a different turn when we look at low-income countries. These nations face a staggering financial burden. Numerous barriers contribute to vaccine inequity in Africa. These include intellectual property and profit, lack of technology transfer, low funding, Supply and access, vaccine hoarding, vaccine misconception, and weak healthcare systems. The influence of healthcare workers cannot be underestimated. Healthcare workers, especially those embedded within communities, remain the most trusted advisors and influencers of vaccine decision. People are more willing to get vaccinated if they receive recommendations from their healthcare providers, friends, family, acquaintances, fed leaders, even or state officials. Healthcare workers play a pivotal role in influencing vaccination decisions. This encompasses communicating the benefits and potential adverse events of vaccine, administering and scheduling doses, managing and reporting side effects, observation of precaution and contraindication vaccination storage, and handling of vaccines. However, it is crucial to acknowledge that healthcare workers in Africa have faced numerous challenges during the COVID-19 response. The challenges include a lack of resources and equipment, like we've seen in Ethiopia, for for instance. It was was reported that up to 50% of the health workers were not at all satisfied with the medical equipment that were available for COVID-19 treatment. In countries like Kenya, we also observed limited intensive care units and bed search capacity shortages, breathing intervention, and shortage of ventilator in intensive care units. In addition to the resources deficit, there is also a deficit in training opportunities for healthcare workers. A survey conducted in 2021 among thousands of healthcare care workers, revealed that only 37% received training COVID-19 management and treatment. Shockingly, less than 30% were trained on, on how vaccines work, and only 23% were trained on managing vaccination program. Vaccine hesitancy posed a substantial challenge for healthcare workers during the COVID-19 response. Studies have indicated that acceptance rates vary widely across Africa, ranging from 7% in countries like Nigeria up to 98% in Ethiopia. The COVID-19 response has also taken a toll on the mental health of healthcare workers in Africa. Studies have shown that a significant percentage of health workers reported psychological distress, anxiety, up to 8% of them. Vaccine acceptance rates among healthcare workers vary globally and significantly. While countries like Canada or Greece have an acceptance rate of up to 80%, we observe that in Africa, the acceptance rate is only at 58%. Quite interesting, which is also uh, the case in the United States of America. Several factors have contributed to this. This includes witnessing patients experiencing side effects, concern over safety and effectiveness, the perceived speed of vaccine development, the lack of belief in vaccine benefits, confidence in one immune system, distrust in information sources, like information coming from the government, and sometimes the lack of information at all. The global vaccine inequity has had profound consequences on the COVID-19 pandemic. It has prolonged the crisis, increased poverty rates, led to more debt, damaged economies, and heightened the risk of new variants. Several strategies have been implemented to address the vaccine inequity in Africa. Initiatives like the COVAS, which is uh, a part of the access to COVID-19 toll accelerator, have shipped over 700 million vaccines doses to Africa. COVAS has delivered to 50 countries, African countries and 63% of the, doses, has in, of the uh, doses of vaccine in Africa has arrived through COVAX. And among those, 69% of the received doses has been administered. To further tackle the vaccine inequity, The European Union has undertaken a a remarkable humanitarian initiative to support COVID-19 vaccination rollout. With up to 100 million in humanitarian support, the sharing of 145 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines and a targeted focus... in in fragile and conflict-affected settings, and we know this is where really inequities lie, the European Union has significantly improved vaccination rates in vulnerable African countries. And with this, we observed that by early 2022, vaccination rate was less than 5% on the continent, and it has reached approximately 30% 30% in the continent after their support. One particular uh, impactful initiative is the, um, the mRNA Vaccine Technology Transfer hub. This global effort aims to scale up messenger RNA vaccine manufacturing in low- and middle-income countries by providing essential technology development, training and technology transfer, low- and middle-income countries really can develop their own vaccines and therapeutics, not just for COVID-19, but also for other diseases that threatens this country. Now, let us delve into the topic of improving communication with the public in Africa about COVID-19 vaccines. The COVID-19 uh, vaccination campaign in Africa has involved a range of vaccines to meet the diverse needs of different populations. In total, 1,084 million doses has been administered. Among these, the Janssen vaccine accounts for 36%, the Pfizer-BioNTech for 22%, AstraZeneca 15%, SinoFarm 13%, Sinovac 6.8%, Moderna 4.6%, and Sputnik 0.4%. To build trust and effectively communicate about vaccine, it is crucial to have real world data on vaccine efficacy and safety in African populations. For instance, a study conducted in Nigeria and Ghana among 667 participants. Examine the effectiveness of the AstraZeneca vaccine in generating neutralizing antibodies against SARS-CoV-2. The finding shows that individuals with previous exposure to the virus had stronger immune response after vaccination. Similarly, in South Africa, real-world data have assessed the effectiveness of the Pfizer vaccine against the Omicron variant. The vaccine effectiveness during the Omicron period was 70%, which was maybe a little bit lower than uh, the 93% effectiveness seen before the Omicron emerged. But while the effectiveness was lower during the proxy Omicron period compared to the comparator, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine still offer a substantial protection against hospitalization and intensive care unit admission. The effectiveness of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, as well as the effectiveness of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines were quite high, not only against Uh, severe cases requiring ICU admission, but also uh, high uh, against hospitalization with numbers ranges up to 71% for the Pfizer and 74% for the Johnson & Johnson. Moving on, A study conducted in Zambia revealed that COVID-19 vaccination significantly reduced in-hospital mortality. Individuals who received at least one dose of vaccine had a lower mortality rate compared to the unvaccinated group. So these findings. Emphasize the importance of vaccination in reducing severe outcomes and highlights also the critical role in fighting the COVID nineteen. Let's shift now our focus on vaccine safety. Real world data from Sudan demonstrate that the over thirty five percent experience common side effects. The most frequently reported included pain at injection site, fatigue, headache, or fever. Moving on to the next study on vaccine-induced vascular thrombotic events, real-world data from South Africa indicate that the risk is low. So this was a study conducted among healthcare workers who received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which showed that overall there's a low incidence of specific thrombotic events. Now that we understand the efficacy and the safety of COVID-19 vaccine in African population, let's explore the intervention problem to increase vaccine uptake. Several strategies uh, have been successful in this regard, including formative research, risk communication and community engagement, internal partner coordination among institutional or organizations, provision of public health education on vaccine and possible risk, and also really, addressing vaccine-related remorse and misconceptions. Now let's examine three case studies that demonstrate the effectiveness of people-centered approach. Community mobilization efforts were successful in expanding COVID-19 vaccination. So Sierra Leone based this approach, drawing from the experience they had during Ebola outbreak. Over 1,800 community mobilizers were deployed across 13 districts to address rumor, engage with communities, and develop customized vaccination plans, consisting of gain trust and respect, address language and cultural barriers, public vaccination of traditional leaders, engage local healthcare workers and community leaders, but also engage communities in action planning, designing and implementing tailor vaccination plan, and finally, dispel rumor around vaccination. Similarly, The Lesotho Red Cross Society targeted special populations such as construction workers, old age pensioners, traditional initiates, or herd boys. So the uh, community-led action initiative fostered dialogue and action planning with communities through a combination of one-on-one interaction session and public addresses dedicated uh, volunteer, which successfully led to reach more than 1,000 individuals in the district in February. Quite a successful strategy. In Kenya, mobile clinics were launched to address slow access to an uptake of COVID-19 vaccines. The clinics aim to serve communities with limited or no access to vaccine and other health services. So initially to design to vaccinate uh, seven, uh, 70 to 100 people per day. Really, the goal is to reach 1,000 people per day once all the 11 mobile clinics are fully operational. The mobile clinics are an innovative solution to strengthen primary health care and provide essential services to underserved communities supporting, of course, universal health coverage. Now let's discuss best practices for health care workers' communication on COVID-19 vaccines and the crucial role they play in promoting vaccine uptake. The strategies implemented in Nigeria and in South Africa to empower healthcare workers in promoting COVID-19 vaccination can be summarized as follows. First of all, there was a training that was provided. Healthcare workers were trained through in-person session, but also through virtual coaching. Secondly, they were equipped with digital and print material. And thirdly, they were to wear lapel pins to signify that they have been vaccinated, fostering then a social norm and encouraging others to follow suit. To further support health care workers um, in their communication efforts, best practice guidance has been developed by UNICEF, so they have created a guide specifically designed to assist the healthcare workers in a four-step, listen, ask, educate, and return. Firstly, healthcare workers should actively listen and answer questions without judgment, establishing a relaxed body language and eye contact. Secondly, healthcare workers are encouraged to ask questions to better understand, concern, and correct any misinformation. Then, healthcare workers are also encouraged to educate. And we all know the power of storytelling. So, this storytelling should focus on highlighting the benefits of vaccines. It is essential to avoid overwhelming individuals with complex terminology or jargon. If you don't have the answer, it's okay to say you don't have the answer. It's important to learn how to prepare conversation with vaccine hesitant individuals. Healthcare workers can access practical guides provided by organizations like Breakthrough Action. And UNICEF. These guides offer reference material to help them navigate different patient scenarios, including addressing safety concerns regarding the COVID-19 vaccines. The guides provide examples of what healthcare workers can say to effectively address this concern and build trust with their patients. And in this example by Breakthrough Action Nigeria, they've developed online learning videos specifically tailored for healthcare workers. This video serves as job aids and can be utilized while engaging with clients. By utilizing these online materials, healthcare workers can enhance their knowledge, they can build trust and Also, effectively communicate the importance of vaccine to their patients. And finally, let's look at the digital health technologies. They are widely used in sub-Saharan Africa to increase vaccination rate and support healthcare system. These technologies ranges from electronic health records, telehealth, assisted living, mHealth, e-prescribing or e-appointment, and data-driven automation. These technologies serve various purposes, including delivering healthcare remotely, mapping health services and population level needs, manage drugs and supply, and facilitate digital systems for integration and central reporting. Additionally, digital technology supports tools like Safe Care for COVID, which provide practical support during the COVID-19 crisis. The Safe Care for COVID is a free app, which provides practical support and offers guidance to treat patients for COVID while ensuring the safety of healthcare workers. By utilizing digital tools, healthcare workers can ensure the availability of equipment, review processes, and access up-to-date information to deliver high-quality care while staying safe. And on this slide and on this note, I would like to thank you for your kind attention and look forward to seeing you on the third part of the presentation. In this final part of our presentation, I will shed light on the dire consequences that persist if we fail to address this inequity and take decisive action. Vaccine inequity has far-reaching consequences for the socio-economic landscape. The economic impact is profound with a drop in GDP, the gross domestic product, (laughs) worsening trade balance, jobs and livelihood losses, wealth depletion, and increased health spending. These effects have caused the collapse of domestic supply chains, stalled economic activity, and heightened financial distress. On the social front, The loss of lives reduces social spending, disruption of social services, and growing inequalities, which are leading to widespread deprivation, social disaffection, increased inequalities, human development losses, and even social unrest. Healthcare system in Africa are significantly impacted by vaccine inequity. The lack of equitable vaccine distribution has led to various challenges across the continent. These challenges include the emergencies of the long COVID, which poses a substantial burden on individual and healthcare system. Additionally, patients requiring chronic care services often miss scheduled appointments disrupting their health outcome and straining healthcare resources the reorientation of services towards covid-19 response has deteriorated the provision of essential healthcare services leading to a decline in population health furthermore Underlying health conditions like HIV, tuberculosis, along with limited vaccine access, make parts of Africa particularly vulnerable to contagion. Women face even greater barrier to accessing critical health services, exacerbating gender disparities. They reduce patient flow and limited access to health care exacerbate the strain on health care facilities and compromise the overall quality of care. It is imperative that we address vaccine inequity to protect the health and well-being of Africans. The pandemic has taken a toll on people's mental well-being. In Africa, where poor prevalence rate of anxiety was up to 47% and depression, 48% reported. The toll on mental well-being is particularly pronounced. Factors such as lockdown measures, increased morbidity and mortality, economic decline, job losses, and travel restriction have exacerbated the mental health challenges, as we see with these really st- staggering figures. Vaccine inequity during the COVID-19 pandemic has had severe consequences for economies and employment worldwide. In countries like Cabo Verde, we've noticed a suspension of flights, which resulted in a staggering 20,000 job losses, contributing to a significant 6.3% loss in cross-domestic product. In Kenya, restriction on flights, curfews, and public gathering led to job and income losses, as well as delay at borders, causing businesses to suffer. Nigeria face travel ban, school closure, and regional lockdown leading to unemployment and disruption in vital sectors such as food production, agriculture, mining, trade, transportation, or even leisure. The emergence of new variants of COVID-19 virus presents also a substantial risk. While vaccine and control measures have provided hope, the evolving nature of the virus and its variant raise concerns about the impact of vaccine effectiveness and the potential for increased transmissibility. Immune escape mutants, higher infection rates, and the erosion of prior immunity are among the challenges posed by these variants. Reintroduction of preventive measures, increased hospitalization and death, further emphasize the need for vigilance and adaptation. It is crucial that we embrace ongoing surveillance, research and development to stay ahead of the virus. Variants of interest continue to emerge highlighting the ever-evolving nature of the virus. New COVID-19 variants of interest are continuously emerging, and the World Health Organization is closely monitoring two specific variants as of June 29, 2023. The first variant is the XBB 1.5. That was initially detected in the US, and it raised concern due to its potential for increased transmissibility and impact on immunity. The second variant, which is the XBB1.16, it was predominantly found in India, and it's worrisome because it has a growth advantage and characteristic that may enable it to evade Immune response. So monitoring these variants is crucial for understanding their behavior and informing public health strategies. Recommendation by the World Health Organization's strategic advisory group of experts, the SAGE, provide crucial guidance on COVID-19 booster vaccines. In fact, the SAGE met last time in March 2023 and provided recommendations based on the changing COVID-19 landscape, including the dominant Omicron variant and increased population-level immunity. The roadmap su- suggests longer interval for booster dose in high-priority use group, no routine boosters for medium risk group, and additional busters for pregnant and frontline health care workers, and consideration for primary vaccination for children and adolescents based on country-specific factors. These recommendations aim to adapt vaccination strategies to the evolving situation and individual risk profiles. The importance of booster doses cannot be overstated. Boosters have been found to reduce severe illnesses and mortality, and 35 countries in Africa are really starting to offering uh, booster doses. We know that booster enhance vaccine effectiveness against infection, symptoms, and severe outcome, whether given with the same vaccine or a different one. So, by prioritizing booster dose and ensuring their equitable distribution, we can safeguard the gains made in the fight against COVID-19. So, this leads us to the summary of our presentation. In part one, we delve into the progress made and the challenge faced in addressing vaccine equity in Africa. We explore the disparities, in vaccination rates, but also we look at the importance of healthcare workers as trusted influencers and the challenges they face in the fight against COVID-19. In the second part of the presentation, we reflected on the progress made, and it becomes evident that improving communication with the public in Africa about COVID-19 vaccines is crucial for widespread vaccine uptake. Despite the challenges on the mental health, on the socioeconomic life, we have a window of opportunity that presents to us like the mRNA technology transfer program, which focus on locally owned manufacturing capabilities and it holds the potential to transform vaccine production in LMIC. Now on this, I will invite you to join Professor Melem, who will guide us through the next phase of our journey as we explore COVID-19 vaccine inequity in the Middle East and the potential solution to address
0: this pressing issue. Thank you. For the second chapter of this podcast with Professor Nada Melhem, which focuses on the Middle East, please search for the title COVID-19 Vaccination. What have we learned and what more can we do to address vaccine inequity in the Middle East? On your chosen podcast platform. Thank you to our faculty and thank you for listening to this Touch podcast. You can access more content on COVID-19 vaccination and related topics at www.touchinfectiousdiseases.com. You can also view a further three activities in this series – a touch panel discussion, and two touch in conversations on touch infectious diseases.